Success is achieved by small steps. And in today's episode, Eloise Genio breaks it down. Eloise, what were those three things that you were doing when you were first transitioning from lawyer to coach? So the first thing that I would do is every single morning, I took five minutes and old school paper and pen, right? In a journal, I would write down exactly what were my big goals, like things that I aspired to achieve, my long-term vision. And then I reminded myself why that was so important to me. So in my first column, I had my goals, my aspirations. In a second column, I had exactly why I wanted that. And it's very important that it wasn't just, I want more money or I want fame. It was deeply rooted down all the way to what is the emotion that I want to feel, right? So I want the success. I want the fame. I want the money. What else do I want? I want to show my children what it means to be a leader. I want to show my children what it means to show up every single day. And why is that important to me? Because I want to be a good mother. Why is being a good mother important to me? Because I love my children. Ah, now I've got a profound reason. I want to contribute to the world of other and I want to achieve all those things because bottom line is I want to be a good role model for my children out of love. Now I've got a profound reason. Perfect. Now what am I going to do about it? So my third column was, what can I do? That was my what, my how column. What can I do today? The small step I can do today that's going to move the needle forward on me achieving my goal. I love and this. It, yeah, and I want people to know, I want your audience to know it is not about the big things. You, you said it at the beginning. Think about all the little steps you can take. And then those little steps, you'll look back at one point and you'll be like, oh my God, I've achieved all this. Yeah, it's the compound effect of everything you do every single day. Always. And like I was telling you about doing that act of kindness today, it transforms who you are. Like a deer in the headlights or gum in your hair, what got you here will not get you there. Join us as business owners get unstuck in real time on the business building struggles we all share. Welcome to the Business Breakthrough Podcast. And here's your host, Esty Rand. Welcome to the Business Breakthrough Podcast. I have been chatting up our guest here in the green room before we started, and we're already having so much fun. Eloise Cano, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited. I already enjoyed our chat, and guys, oh my gosh. So if you don't know, for over 15 years, Eloise worked as an international corporate lawyer in the finance industry. Her work brought her to travel around the world, mainly to Europe and the Middle East. Through her practice, she had the opportunity to work alongside highly successful entrepreneurs, top CEOs, and business leaders. The business and life lessons they shared with her on success, mindset, habits, and vision form the foundation of her current coaching method. And she's passionate and been about empowering women entrepreneurs and helping them create a clear vision for themselves to find their purpose and claim their mission. I love that. I'm going to dive into this like women coaching women thing because yep. I'm not that. So I'm excited to have that <laughs> conversation. Like, I'm very Absolutely. not that. Um, <laughs> I'm excited to have that, but nor am I. So I'll tell you what I see out there very much in women coaches. Yeah. And yes. see the same thing. There's okay. women who empower women. Mm -hmm. And then there's women who come out with like the sex appeal who try to work with men and there's not a lot in between. And I'm one of these like odd in-betweens uh, where it's just like <laughs> professional, it's clear, it's like, but it's that in-between. All right, we'll get there later. I actually Excellent. wanted to 
pick on you first, because before we began, you were sharing a really cool story with me about when you were working in the Middle East in Abu Dhabi. And yes. we were meeting there. Can you share that with everyone? Yes, absolutely. So when I started working in the Middle East, it was right out of law school. And I was very lucky in that I started working with highly successful individuals. Like we're talking about people that had built multi-million, billion dollar businesses, literally coming from the ground up, starting from nothing. And there were two groups of people that I noticed. There were the ones that were incredibly rich, but that were also incredibly successful. And what I mean by successful is they were happy. They were content. They were successful in all areas of their lives, not just making money in business. And they had this joy of living that was so contagious. And those are the people I wanted to hang out with most, right? But there was this other group of people that had also built phenomenal businesses and were rich, but weren't happy and were miserable and were continuously looking for their purpose or the meaning of life. And to me, that wasn't the type of success that I wanted for myself. It was, yes, it was wealth, but it wasn't success. And I tried to understand what, it, what made that other group of people so successful. And the common denominator was their wealth served for others. They had this passion to live a life of purpose and to give back either to their community or to build schools or to help build shelters. There was a reason behind what they were building. It wasn't money for money or success for fame. It went above that. It was a life of contribution. And when I decided to go from lawyer to being a coach, that was my motivation. I said, I want to make a difference in someone's life. I want my life to be a life of contribution. And I really wanna go for that ripple effect. Like if I can help one person in your audience and then they go and then they help one person in their family, their business, their team, and then that person helps, you know, you know what I mean? Like this is the ripple effect that I'm after. And that allows me to wake up every day and think, what's the one person that I can, I could reach out to today. Who's the one person that I can help? What difference can I make today? So when I'm, you know, when challenges come and obstacles and I'm just like, oh, you know, like, and I, I get down for a minute. I'm like, well, wait, wait a minute. Let's pause. Why am I doing this? Right. How can I contribute? That focus. I love that. Yeah. I actually really like that line. Who's the one person I can reach out to today? I actually yeah. did this. Okay. We're going to go back now uh, close to two decades. Um, but when I was single and mingling um, in my early twenties and I desperately wanted to get married, like, yeah. You know what? And now it's like people are, are single and getting married much older and having beautiful relationships. Yeah. 20 years ago, it was like starting. But like, if you were 30, you were kind of old then, you know? Yeah, 100%. And it's very, very different now. But I remember I was like 20. I was like, I need to get married. I want to get married. And all my friends were getting married. So the only people were left were all these older people and they were sad. And it was just like, and I remember I was listening to this class. And, and it was a, a, a Jewish, like a Torah class. And the rabbi was saying, you want to get married. You want to have a beautiful marriage, become a giver. When you're yeah, single, 100%. you are kind of just, you're always thinking about yourself, right? Yeah. You want to have a good marriage. Don't go and become a giver. Do yeah. one act of kindness every day for someone. And it, I'm telling you, floor, like that statement 
And I did it and I made myself accountable and I had a paper planner, you know, once upon a time in the land before smartphones, I had a paper planner and on the bottom of my page every day, I had my little act of kindness. I wrote it in and I would not go to bed before I did something for someone else. And it changed who I was at every level. That's an incredibly wise man that told you that an incredibly, incredibly blessed and wise man, because that not only applies to being single and finding your soulmate or finding somebody that you want to be with, it applies to every step of being a leader, a CEO, a business owner. I often tell people, I work a lot with women in leadership and I tell them, if you want other people to do something, you have to first do it. You can't ask people to show up on time if you if you don't. You can't ask people to be disciplined about their work if you're not disciplined about the work in your own life. You can't expect other people to listen to you when you talk if you never listen when someone's talking to you. And so much. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And and it comes back to a lot of times when I see people, entrepreneurs struggle, it's because they're looking for something outside of them. They're trying to impact or control circumstances. And they're like, well, if I can control the circumstances, then I'll have a better outcome. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Control yourself first, work on yourself first. Then you'll start seeing the ripple effect of what you're doing. So I totally agree with that, but I'm going to pick on you. I want to hash this out because I read this amazing book recently, uh, David Goggins. Hmm. Can't hurt me. me. Amazing. The way he talks about leading from the front, overcoming your limitations, blew my mind. Changed the way I looked at the world probably forever, that, that a human being is capable of the stuff that he has done. Yeah, talk talk about a rough upbringing. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's, he's amazing. And that idea of yeah. leading from the front, I totally agree with, but here's the thing. Yeah. I've worked with hundreds and hundreds, I'm honestly, probably thousands at this point. I got to go count of entrepreneurs in small yeah. business space. And one of the things that I've seen, one of the things I help people with is you supplement for your weaknesses. You work from your place of strength, you supplement for your weaknesses. So if you really have trouble getting up in the morning, as your company grows, you might hire a manager who's more of a morning person. Mm-hmm. And that's what they're going to do. So you're not going to show up on time, but you still, you need your office to run. You need your people to run. So you're going to hire to supplement for that weakness. And then your, your statement of, well, how can you expect anyone to show up on time? If you're not, my statement is, well, you get the manager to show up on time and you have discipline in other areas because this is your weakness. Stop fighting your weakness work from your strength. Yeah. You see, I have a different perspective than you do on that. So to me, that doesn't mean not showing up on time at all. If you decided that the best time for you to stop work to start working at was 10 a.m. or 11 a.m., then that's the time you show up at. Uh, that's your on time. That's my that's your on time. Your on time is 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. or 7 p.m. Maybe other employees at your office, their on time is 7 a.m. to 4 p.m. But you have it's to be your a, commitments. It's it's coming. Yes. It's from a place of integrity. So it's not, I like that a lot. I think that's a great nuance that no one ever really delineates. It's the integrity. It's yes. This is your schedule. I need you in at 7am because the phones start ringing. Someone needs to answer them. Absolutely. I've made sure there's a manager in place to guide you, to supervise, to hold you accountable. That's your integrity. And my integrity is I show up at noon because I'm here till 2am. 
that's exactly it. And I think that oftentimes we try to control, that's what I mean by controlling circumstances, saying I'm going to control myself to wake up at 7 a.m. and then I'm going to control everybody else to do the exact same thing as me. When you allow everybody to work in their zone of genius, that's when they're most prolific to your business and to your company. It's trying to make a whole fit in a square and that's when you run into a problem. If you are if you're not functional at 8 a.m. in the morning, what is the point of you showing up at the office? Really, man. Right? I always feel bad for employees. I, I almost never work with an employee, like almost never. And the reason is they don't have the same ability to create and control and, and make their world work for them. I remember working with this guy once and he was, I work with um, people's like chronotype and we do like work, work balance stuff, which is yeah. my version of work-life balance. Um, and uh, and he had, he was deep night person, his best hours from like nine to midnight. Those are his best hours, but yeah. he had to be in the office every day at eight. I'm like, if you can't talk to your boss, I don't even know what to do. Like this is, we can try to switch your chronotype. We can try to move your body clock, but this is your natural rhythm. Rhythm. And it's so hard. And I think now, you know, as the world has changed so much over the last year, we are seeing a lot more flexibility. People are able to work from home. Schedules are shifting. People don't have to commute five hours. Okay, we could go here for a long time. I want to know, because I was like, yes. the questions I think everyone's thinking. The transition from lawyer to coach, I think there's a lot of people out there who are in a profession and they want to become a coach, a consultant, a guy. I mean, I did something similar myself. Yeah. Um, what, so what was the impetus? What was the journey like? How do you go from you know, employed lawyer to self-employed coach. That's a, that's a big jump. It is a big jump. So here, here's like my progression because I want people to know that it doesn't happen overnight. Okay. It's not something that you're like, I am going to be a coach today. <laughs> like it doesn't, it doesn't happen that way. Right. And people can't see me, but I'm doing my super wonder woman. I want to do a screenshot of that. That was so awesome. That like, power, that like hands on hips, head yes. up. Yes. Wonder up. woman. Yeah. So, uh, so it, it really goes back. So, you know, when I was 16 years old, I did my first silent retreat in the monastery um, because I wanted to understand the deeper meaning of life and understanding and the connection with God. And, you know, I, I sat for a week in silence and the only people I was allowed to talk to were monks, which was great because, you know, they're so knowledgeable and wise. And I'm like, oh, people that are smarter than me. And I was 16. So my need to help other is really embedded into who I am. And I, I remember this, this all happened when I was in Abu Dhabi. I, I need to, I'm going to interrupt you. Yeah. 16 years old. Who, who, your parents, like who, what? Like, yeah. <laughs> I've heard many people do silent retreats. I've never yeah. heard them do it at 16. Your parents let you, encouraged you, brought you, so, it, it, convinced them. How did you do that even? It was crazy because like all my friends were going on their spring break and here I was going to a monastery. Right. Um, so I come from a very Catholic background. We went to church every Sunday. Uh, and my father, who was an MBA, had his own business, run a finance firm, had also done his studies in theology. Okay. And so we, we were brought up in a very, it's not just Christian, a very religious family. And my dad always encouraged me to learn about human beings. My dad loved humans. Like he didn't care about your religion, your, your, your gender, your, the color of your skin. He, you're a human being. You're here on earth. I want to know about you. I love you. That was my dad's philosophy. I love that. I love that. Yeah, that's that's how I was brought up. And then one day I asked my dad, I'm like, I had all these questions. My dad's like, I can't answer them. Like, I don't have the answers for you. He's like, how would you be interested in going to the place? My dad used to do those retreats too. Ah. And he's like, but you're going to go by yourself. Were and you the youngest I'm, person like ever there? Ever. 
to this day, I'm still there. Like to this day, I think a few years back, I, I called them like for donations and stuff like that. And they're like, you are still our youngest visitor ever. <laughs> and I remember my mom being petrified because she's like, oh my God, what's going to happen after that retreat? Like what's going to happen? Um, my mom also showed me yoga by the time I, like when I was four years old, my mom would wake me up to do sun salutations. So I come from a very self-aware family right? Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so the need to help people really comes from that place. And in the back of my mind, I became a lawyer because I wanted to contribute something to the world, right? Because that's, in my mind- usual in the legal field also, by the way. Yes, I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was either I was, I applied to go into philosophy, mathematics, because uh, I wanted to solve problems or law. Like those were my things, right? Uh, uh, and my dad was like, no, you're just going to be a lawyer. That's, that's the end of that conversation. Right. Like that's um, where the money is. The philosophers, like I'm not supporting you for the rest of your life. Mathematics, also academia. Let's just do law. Let's just do law. It, you know, you're, you're really going to help people if you become a lawyer. Um, <laughs> and so I was, I was in the Middle East. And uh, before I, I traveled to the Middle East, my dad encouraged me to read the Quran. So I would understand, you know, their religion and their perspective. And so I'm there and someone I was working with said, you know what, you should, you should look into coaching. And I had no idea what a coach was. I was doing triathlons at the time. And I'm like, like a swim coach, like a, <laughs> like, like a nutrition coach. I went, like, I don't want to tell people how to work out. And he was like, no, he's like a coach for a business and teaching people how to be leaders. So I went to London and I got certified and I really started digging into it, but that wasn't enough. Like wanting to be a coach is not enough. You have to understand why what is it about being a coach that attracts you and how can you contribute to the world by being a coach? To me, it was about taking all the knowledge that I had learned. When I made the switch, I was like, okay, I want to take everything that I've learned, all the experience that is not available to everyone, right? To travel the world and to work with all these amazingly successful entrepreneurs and business owners. And I want to go back and teach it. And I want to go back and help people. And I'm like, listen, these are the habits. These are the mindsets. These are the way that the most successful people, this is what they do every single day. This is how they lead their lives. This is how they lead their team and their organization. So this is what I want to show you as well. I want to share that with you. And that's when I said, okay, now I'm ready to be a coach. I like and so that. It was based on my values. And I think a lot of people make a switch, whether it's in careers uh, or in jobs, or they go for promotions, not because it's something that they want to do, but it's because they feel it's something that they should do. I'm going to go for that promotion because there's more money. I'm going to launch another service or another product in my business because I think there's a need for it in the market. But then things happen, challenges arise, and they're like, oh, it's not going as well as I wanted. Should I have done it? Should I have not done it? But if you have a strong enough reason to sustain you, a strong enough reason why you chose to do what you're doing, then when the challenge arrives, you'll just be like, okay, you know what? This is just a, a hurdle. I'm either going to get the resources. I'm going to learn a new skill. I'm going to get the per a person to come in and help me out. I'm going to figure this thing out. This is not going to stop me because there's such a powerful reason for me to be doing this that no matter what's in front of me, I'm, you know what? I'm going to go over, around it, under it. It doesn't matter. I'm going to get to the other side. Yeah, I agree with that so much. And I've seen that so much, you know, yeah. because, and this is why I love talking about the real stories behind business, behind business owner journeys, because before you do it, you like, it just, it looks shiny and it looks yeah. pretty. And you, so you never meet someone when they're in the middle of the struggle. You only yeah. know 
them once they've made it because that's why you've met them because they absolutely and so you're like oh that's what it looks like but you don't see the dirt that they had to to get there and and so much of it is you've got to be driven to get through it you know I've worked with like they want it but not enough yeah so this is something your audience is going to get a kick out of okay so I'm all I'm all happy now I'm going to be a coach right Mm -hmm. and and I, I told my dad, because I worked with my dad, okay? I was the in-house legal counsel for my, my dad's business. And okay. so I have to tell- That's what brought you to the Middle East, meaning that yes. was the job. Yes. Okay, so you were family business in the yes. Middle East, and then you're like, yes. I'm going to be a coach, and dad was like, okay? Exactly. That's awesome. So I worked with my dad for those 15 years, and my dad literally sent me to Abu Dhabi, I think the week after I graduated, my mom was like, oh my God. And at the time, like I was blonde and blue eyes and, you know, like 25 years old and uh, just left there, like just on my own. It was, it was great. It was great. Um, I told my dad, and here's the irony of the story. I told my dad, I will never forget. So on December 3rd, I told him I'm going to transition to becoming a coach. And I told him why, and I told him all my reasons. And I was petrified, why? Because this is somebody whose love and affection and approval I had seeked my entire life, right? He's not just my dad and my best friend. He's like my business partner. He's everything to me. And my dad just looked at me and he said, I'm so incredibly proud of you because I know how many people you will help. Wow. And the irony is that my dad passed away unexpectedly three days later. Whoa! Oh, I just got yeah. chills all over my body. Yeah. Like 71 years old, super healthy. Oh heart attack. My God. I literally so. just got chills. Like my entire body's like tingling. Yeah. So you want another wow. shock? Yeah. I found out four days later that we were miraculously pregnant with our second. Wow. Miraculously. Like I should not have been pregnant and I got pregnant with a second. What, was it a, a boy? Second son. It was a boy. Oh, did you name him after your dad? Yeah, his second name is, yeah. His name, his second name is Clemel. Yeah, which is my dad's name. Absolutely. Wow. I have chills. Yeah. <laughs> Are you like, do you also have chills, everyone? Oh my gosh. Oh my God. Yeah. That is, wow. Yeah. So here I am. And, and I want to tell this story because I think it's so important for many people who struggle or just see like the shiny object or like, oh my God, she's like an internationally recognized leadership coach now. Like she had it so easy. And here's the thing. So imagine you lose the greatest love of your life, you know, your father, you're, you're pregnant. And now you just started a brand new business. Right? <laughs> Ah. Oh, that's such a good moment in time. It's like my entire life has just melted away and the rest yes. under me. And here we go. Infinity. And here we go. You know, like, I, you know, my, my mom was 73 years old. She'd been married to my dad for 53. Wow. You know, like I have all of this. I have an 18 month old. I'm pregnant. My world collapsed. Wow. This is a great time to launch a business. I think this is the best time, right? So the first thing that I did is I wrote 2000 emails, not, not copy paste 2000 emails. I wrote individualized emails to everybody I had ever met in my entire career, personal life, like 2000. I think it was like 1,997. That is, that is so many emails. Like that is, it is not copy paste. It's not like you put a thousand names in the two box and then you just send it out into the ether. No. I actually took the time. It took me weeks. And I want your audience to know this because I got two response. Wow. Out of 2000. Out of 2000, I had one person say. 0.01. Yeah. 
So one person said, congratulations on your new endeavor. I wish you the best of luck. And the second one was, I'm going to report you to the Better Business Bureau because this is an unsolicited email. Oh my gosh. And the worst part is I'm like, uh, you're a fellow lawyer, dude. Like we work together. I brought you a client. Can you at least acknowledge my email? So when that happened, I'm like, okay, what now? Yeah. Like everybody that I've ever known was on that list. And, and what do I do now? And it goes back to why did I become a coach? Why did I want to become a coach? I wanted to have an impact. I wanted to help people change their lives. I wanted people to become better leaders. Okay. How do I do that? I'm going to do it one person at a time. Okay. So I'm going to start my website. I'm going to put out content. I'm going to reach out to people. So every day I said, okay, every day I'm going to reach out to five people and I'm just going to talk to them and I'm going to understand what their struggles are. And I'm going to see where they're struggling in their business and where I can provide value. I literally shifted because when you're a lawyer, you're offering a service. So your mindset is I'm offering a service and you're going to pay me a lot of money to do it. Right. Now my mindset shifted to, I want to understand what your challenges are and I'm going to bring you as much value as I can. Okay. That's it. And if you want to hire me, then good. And if you don't want to hire me, that's fine. But I just want you to know that I'm right here. I'm right here and I'm not going anywhere. And I did that every single day. And oftentimes we think that we need to do these massive things to get the quantum leap that we're looking for. But it's the small things you do every single day. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to part one of this episode. Stay tuned for part two going live Thursday. And of course, subscribe. You do not want to miss this. You've been listening to the Business Breakthrough Podcast with SD Rand. If you're looking for a breakthrough in your business, reach out at sdrand.com slash breakthrough to be a guest on the show. Everyone's got a business struggle. What's yours?